The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out. Today, we are excited to have Damon Young. And it, this is a special edition. We're going to talk about the Wichita Chamber. And mm-hmm. you're coming in as a new chair. So we're going to hear all about that, E. I am really excited. Damon's one of my favorite homies. Oh, homie. Oh, yeah. Homie. I mean, it's true. He is such a delightful person, really. And his name has been mentioned a few times on the podcast. Yes, Just it people has. love hearing and getting inspired uh, by Damon's words. But, Damon, could you tell us a little bit about who you are? Uh, many know that you are um, a proud member of the business community here in, in Kansas. So, just want to hear a little bit about who you are. Yeah, thank you. First, let me just say, Ebony and Don, thank you for what you guys are doing and what Evergy's doing to partner with the chamber, to bring these stories uh, to light of so many great, you know, leadership Wichita alumni and small business owners and just all the great stories. I think it's, you know, you said the thing of people are inspired sometimes by by my words, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is something I try hard at. but there's nothing more inspiring than someone else's story, you know, and I think I just love listening to it. Um, I'm that guy who listens to it even on vacation. Wow. Nice. We, we did a 4,000 mile uh, road trip this summer and I'm sitting there listening to the chamber podcast. And what? That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's well, pretty granted, cool. We were in the car for 4,000 no, miles. So well, okay. it, wasn't, okay. it wasn't all chamber, but we listened to a lot of good stuff, but no. it's in the rotation for sure. So thank you guys. That's all we wanted to do is be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I've been in Wichita, my wife and I, uh, we long story before we got married, but uh, coming into Wichita about 1999, uh, I grew up here off and on and uh, lived all over as a kid, but considered Wichita home when it was time to for us to get married. Uh, June of 99, we moved back to Wichita. We, uh, this December, we will be celebrating 21 years uh, together. Nice. Um, and we have five wonderful kids ranging in age from 21 to seven. And uh, we love Wichita. Uh, we love being here. So that's really who I am at my heart. When it comes to the business community, you know, my real business journey has been coming alongside other great entrepreneurs. You mm-hmm. know, I consider myself a social entrepreneur. You know, I've been a part of several nonprofit startups um, and always I'm thinking about how to solve community problems with business mindsets. Right. And I think that that's something I'm very passionate about. But my main working career 
uh, out of college, I did ministry for three years. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, worked for a company called The Sod Shop for about eight years Mm -hmm. over on Hillside. And then most recently for the last 12 years, I worked for Mahaney Group. And those stories, all of those were coming alongside an entrepreneur, helping them think and dream about what I always call new, different, better. Yeah. Um, you know, when someone's talking to me, I'm sitting there thinking, I kind of wonder off and it's not because I'm not listening. I'm just thinking about uh, what could be done new or different or better to help propel this person or this idea forward. And I think that's my superpower, if you will, is uh, I may not be the guy that always uh, takes the risk or starts the business. Um, I'm never going to say I won't. I might mm-hmm. do that at some point, but I'm the guy that comes alongside and I can really help equip and inspire and just help people uh, dream about what's possible. And um, that's what I work hard on is just having that abundance mindset and just trying to bring that everywhere I go. Pretty cool uh, background. Yeah, and it is. What I really like about him is that he did competitive speech. Um, yes. And I heard that about you. Someone was telling me that about you the yeah, other day. Yeah, yeah. Every it's day. True. Oh, that that slipped out. I got the mic was on. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. You, you know what's funny about that, Ebony, is that I was the kind of the, the stereotype of a wallflower. Mm. You know, I had a lot of ideas going on when I was growing up, and but I did not. I was very scared uh, to. I had not found my voice, as mm. Janetta would say. Oh, you, know, you Janetta, found it now. Yeah. Janetta would all, when I first, the first time her and I went. Uh, for breakfast, she said, Damon, I'm so proud of you. You found your voice, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, we're sitting there crying at homegrown, you know, but she saw, like she knew that that was a journey, you know, and, and it is for all of us, right, to find mm-hmm. our voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't until college and it was really out of desperation. You know, I came from, uh, didn't, I didn't have a lot of money uh, growing up and I needed a way to pay for school. And I was at a career fair or, or like, a, not a, like an activities fair at Cali College down in Arc City. And uh, one of my favorite people and mentors, Tracy Frederick, shout out to Fred. I was walking by and she said, you have a great voice. You should do debate and forensics. Mm. Later, I found out she said she's saying that to everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she just needed people in the program. It was the first right, year right. of the speech and debate program uh, at oh, Cali. That's funny. Um, and then her, she just she helped me find my voice and I fell into debate and I loved research. This is back when we still researched in libraries. Yeah, yeah. And then forensics. I had never done anything with acting or I I love uh, improv, Mm -hmm. um, impromptu speaking. But then I got into poetry and prose and duo and all that. And it it changed my life. That's how I ended up paying for school. I was able to travel all over the country doing that and meet all kinds of folks. Mm -hmm. And it was a life-changing experience. That is a cool story. Um, I, and thank you for sharing that with us. That's something that a lot of people probably do not know about you. Most people do know that you uh, are that businessman who takes a uh, little bit of community development and economic development and and put it into one thing and try to have that abundance mindset, as you said. Um, but they probably did know that about you. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, and I think how I I'm one of these guys that I'm always trying to weave things together. Mm-hmm. And I think as I think about my debate and forensics background. I think that has to do with, you know, advocating for people who have not found their voice. You know, so I think economic development, community development are very linked to workforce development, which mm-hmm. is uh, as employers, all the all of the folks, you know, all of our members who are out there employing people, you're you're helping to advocate for people to help people find their voice. And we all know that the the journey of of business is is not possible without 
partners and employees, That's you know? Right. And so it's these, these connections of community and, and, and economic development and workforce development that that's what drives me is to try to find more connections, but then connect them into a personal way. I truly appreciate you saying you're not the one who's going to take the risks today. Right. You know, but you're the one who can, you're like the operations person. You can make it pop. Right. You know, whatever that person's vision is. And, and I truly believe that everybody needs a able-bodied lieutenant mm-hmm. to take things mm-hmm. out. And uh, we were talking with John Roth uh, a few weeks ago, and he was saying, you know, his best advice was have people around you that's smarter than you, <laughs> Yeah, you know? So, and I truly, truly attest to that. So with that in mind, what resources do you use to create new ideas or make things happen? I mean, I'm sure whoever's given you the, you know, whoever your visionary is, is not saying, I would need you to do this, this, he's giving you to this, make it happen. Right. How, how, what do you do to get those get those ideas to make something pop? Yeah, it's a great question. I think lots of things uh, that have tools have emerged over the years. Uh, a few that come to my mind are a basic foundational premise is that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to start from scratch. You know, so many entrepreneurs that I talk to or business folks that I talk to or even nonprofit community development folks, they're, they're, they're hungry to solve a problem. And so you have to get to the core of like, what problem are we trying to solve? And then the second question, that kind of foundational premise is, what resources already exist? Uh, We don't have to go create something that already exists. And maybe we can partner with someone who's already also trying to solve that problem. Exactly. Oh, sorry, (laughs) it's your story, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I think that 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 basic premise led me, like I remember at the Sod Shop when Ted and Tony Wilbur, you know, they're great entrepreneurs. They had they had built a great business in Green Glow. They had grown it into the sod shop. I was one of their first really full-time managerial type employees. And I took us to the small business development center and I treated it like it was a new business. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to convince them. They, they, they trusted me. And I said, no, we're going to treat this like a new business. I'm going to write a business plan for us to grow. And so Small Business Development Center, I tell everyone to go there. I, I did that with Mahaney as well. Uh, when I helped Mark Bolt buy that in 2009, I went to the Small Business Development Center and I helped. they helped me build the framework uh, for what I was going to do. Did I use every tool they had? No. Uh, but, but it was a great foundational piece. And then, then, you know, they're like hubs that connect you to all these other things. Same thing's true at Mahaney with like the way we worked on workforce development. We had so much ambition, but we still worked with Keith and, and their team over at the Workforce Development Center because they're already doing some great things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like premise number one. The other two things that have been very transformative for me are the Kansas Leadership Center. The, the whole, all of that that they teach is very helpful, but the thing that that is the most helpful to me is just asking great questions. Uh, they teach a model there called appreciative inquiry. Uh, that's not unique to KLC, I don't think, but it's but, but it's that foundational premise that you have to diagnose the situation thoroughly. And appreciative inquiry is just the art of asking an appreciative question versus a, like an open positive question versus a, a negative question. So in other mm. words, like what's instead of saying who's responsible for this and, you know, let's hold them accountable, we might say something like who cares about this outcome? And how do we better resource them? Nice. You know, like, so So KLC is transformative. And then a lot of people in the community know me in association to Lead Wichita and the Global Leadership Summit. So my Christian faith is something that's real important to me. 
And, you know, so those business folks that are talking about, you know, entrepreneurs will change the world. I think that's true. But I, and I think faith-infused uh, entrepreneurs, yeah. even even doubly, you know, mm-hmm. are out there. So, and G- the GLS has been helpful for me in context of, it's like that in th- that kind of picture, the word picture of like, if when you're on a plane and, and the oxygen mask falls down, you don't put it on the person next to you, even though that, if we're servant leaders, that's what we think we should do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us fall into that trap. Right. And in, in order to come alongside others, like we have to take care of ourselves. Right. So how do I fuel myself with, Things like the KLC, things like Lead Wichita, things like uh, community friendships, and then not reinventing the wheel like I started with. You know, mm-hmm. researching what partnerships are already out there, what organizations are already out there, and you know that's kind of an example of finding people that are smarter than you. Right. You know, like right. you were saying, Don. Let's flip the script then. What scares you? I want to know what scares you, but I also want to get your input on what you think about selling for the status quo. Yeah. And also about the polarization that's going on across the, I don't know if it's going on across the world, but I know it's going on across the country. Yeah. The civility. Yeah. Yeah. Get that. Yeah. That's something that I've been thinking about and praying about for a long time. And I've finally feel like I'm getting some words to put around it, uh, to better articulate all of that. Cause I think they're related. So what scares me, unchecked hate scares me. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I wow. Think I think that when we allow hate to be communicated and accepted as part of the status quo through creating these kind of massive polarized silos, um, in this case, we could call them, you know, political silos, but they're not just political, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're civic also. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're even business community versus the nonprofit community versus the faith community versus mm-hmm. the different faiths, you know? Right. So when we divide the world into a what scares me is the world being divided into all of these silos and a lack of communication. And so what unites people often is hate. Wow. I'm, I'm reading a book right now. I think it's called the, the Luckiest Man on Earth, and it's a story of a Holocaust survivor. And, and you know, you, st- you hear the stories of unchecked hate, and sometimes we laugh about it. We accept it as part of the status quo. We, we even do it ourselves a little bit you know, in little light ways when we're in our safe corners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so what scares me, uh, lack of communication, man, lack of empathy. I think that the antidote to hate is, is empathy is, is love. And, you know, it sounds funny to say that in, on a business podcast, but I think that, that self, you know, we talk about servant leadership, that's essentially love. You know, it's essentially empathy, uh, saying, I, I, I understand what it's like to be in your shoes and then the fun part, let's come up with a common goal. You know, when we can come up with a common goal that all many different faith communities can get behind and the business community can get behind and the and government can get behind, you know, nonprofits can get behind, man, we can put so many of those differences aside. And I think sometimes the status quo argument, back to our debate days, Ebony, mm-hmm. the, the status quo argument might be, well, but we can't all agree. You know, like that there's one like central, centrally planned answer and we all have to agree with it. You know, so sometimes that the toxic polarization crowd, that there's an undercurrent of, a, of an argument that says that we all have to uh, agree and just accept one camp's answer. And I would argue the opposite. Like the diversity of ideas is where, where the magic happens. And uh, we don't have, to, we can disagree well, we can learn to disagree better. 
And that's what I'm excited about. Uh, it ties into a little bit of what I want to do. I know we'll talk about the chair's lunch, but I think that one of the kind of pillars of my chairman year is going to be trust. What I want to get to is transformation, right? Community transformation and a shared vision. But I don't think we can start there. I think we have to, you know, slow down just a minute and kind of regroup and, and just think about what do I have in common with someone in that different silo or camp? How do I connect with them? How do I find empathy? And then how do I have vigorous and good debate? You know, where I, where I honor our differences, uh, but then I, we can find common ground and something to work on. Question for you. You just mentioned a couple of key things um, yeah. as we kind of transition over to chamber talk. Common goal, shared vision. Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you as the incoming chair? I think back to how I started about don't reinvent the wheel. I think common goal, shared vision looks like looking at all the other organizations that the chamber's partnered with, you know, so many organizations and businesses and, and putting kind of more, maybe better terms to, you know, we say success for our members, leadership for the community and prosperity for our region. Mm -hmm. I think that my goal, and I don't know if I'll be able to accomplish this in a year, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but my goal will be to put some scorecarding to that a little bit more and to think about what big transformational goals we might all agree on mm -hmm. and then understand the chamber's role isn't the one necessarily to execute on all those things. The chamber, I think, is in a really unique position to create the table, though. Mm -hmm. Back to quoting Janetta, you know, like we, we have the opportunity to be the conveners of a really big table that has a lot of different stakeholders uh, from business, nonprofit, faith, government. I think that's the chamber's role is to be that convener. And so I think that's the first thing is to really set the table to get all these diverse coalitions uh, connected and united. I think we are kind of the the main banner that people can kind of huddle around yeah. uh, if we do it right, mm -hmm. if we do it in an inclusive way, which I think we're, we're on our way to doing that uh, in a very inclusive way. And then dialing in on the initiatives, right? So I think as chairman, it, we, we have to empower back to surrounding people yourself with people that are smarter than you, AKA John Rolfe. You know, I mean, he's yeah. a, he's a dynamo. I love listening to his, I uh, learned things I didn't know about him from, uh, from the hiring process. You know, I think empowering him as he empowers the staff to make progress on our strategic initiatives is, is kind of step two. So, so find that common goal, convene the table, uh, in a spirit of friendship, then empower the staff to go execute on the things that are the chamber's work. Yeah, I think that's probably where I would, where I would start. And then ultimately, then what are those transcendent 20, 30, you know, that like the hairy, audacious, mm -hmm. ridiculous <laughs> goals, you know, like hairy goals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I think about like uh, poverty, for example, you know, poverty is uh, nationally a little bit under 20%, you know, are, are people that are that are in poverty. I think that's the business community's problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's a problem worth solving and nothing does it like employment. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> isn't that the truth? It, it is. And, you know, we can create faith programs, we can create benevolence programs, we can create government programs, and, and we need those things. Those yeah. are great. But nothing transforms something uh, like business, you know? So, so I think really telling that story, mm -hmm. like, are we in the making the widget business? In all of our different businesses, yeah. of course we are, mm -hmm. and we should make the best widget possible. Mm -hmm. But really, we're, we're we're changing the conditions within our community where people can be the hero of their own story, 
where they can transform their lives, their family lives. And then what does that look like generationally? So if the, if the national average is, say, like 18% or 17%, what's Wichita? Yeah. And then what would it look like for that big coalition to say, what if Wichita was a city that it was below 15% or was at 10%? What would it look like? Mm-hmm. And not be intimidated or scared by the question. It's just a question. It's a question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what would it look like? What type of coalitions would need to be built? What might we need to be doing different? And that's where I think about you know, the pandemic is a real, it's just a creative destruction opportunity for us to rethink what we're doing with the status quo. And so I think that's the chamber's role. A nonprofit organization can very easily get in the business of uh, just sustaining itself. Mm -hmm. And I think the chamber has to flip the script on that. And I think John's well on his way. I think he has to, we have to think about how do we be absolutely transformative? What does chamber 2.0 look like? Uh, What does the chamber of the future look like? And let's lead the way. I love everything you just said. That's why I really enjoy hearing from you, uh, Damon, because you have such a unique insight and in how we can set the table and flip the script and become, you know, much more hands-on and include everyone. So uh, thank you for that. Well, before we go on, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back to hear more from Damon Young, our 2022 Wichita Chamber Chair. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. We need your input to continue to improve the business environment in Kansas and to ensure the success of our members. See wichitachamber.org for more information. To provide us input about this podcast series, send an email to communications at wichitachamber.org with your questions, comments, and suggestions for the business leaders we should feature and important topics we should address. All right, friends, we are back. We're hearing from Damon Young, our 2022 Wichita Chamber Chair, and I am excited because I believe, Damon, you have some big news to share for, with us. Yes, Ebony, I do. Uh, chamber audience, see, it pays to listen to the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerated, powered by Evergy. And you're the first to know that the chair's lunch, I'm going to be bringing in Dave Isay uh, from StoryCorps and One Small Step out of New York. And I'm super pumped. Many people, he made the rotary circuit a few different times. But those of you who don't know, uh, StoryCorps is a convener of stories they, they do, it's the largest archive of kind of oral histories mm-hmm. uh, in the world. And they have turned their gaze towards this toxic polarization, Don, issue that we were talking about. That the premise is it's hard to hate up close. And so if you can have wow. a facilitated conversation uh, with someone who uh, believes perhaps differently than you, uh, then that can inspire some of that empathy that we were talking about. We can make progress as we get to know each other. So one small step is something I'm excited to promote. It kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier uh, about not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, as I've been thinking and kind of praying about how do I help the business community and the the community in general move forward, 
when I saw Dave speak at Eastside Rotary, I, I thought, man, we got to get this guy a bigger stage because his story and the power of Story Core and One Small Step is very powerful. And I hope that's a tool that the business community can use to make progress on their own mm-hmm. kind of journey. And then, so I believe the chair's lunch will be a great time to hear. You know, John will have got his feet underneath him a little bit more mm-hmm. and will be able to hear their kind of 2022 work plan and, and what they're excited about. And then Dave will give some remarks and I'll give some remarks about why does this matter to the business community? Right. You know, why is this a is this a civic or political thing? Like, why are we talking about it in business? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think uh, my premise and I believe Dave's as well will be that it does matter that that these things are very interrelated because for me, it's really about innovation. We are not going to be able to innovate to our highest potential if we're siloed. And so uh, my theme for the year is going to be something around trust and transform. So I believe that trust is a first step to transformation. So that's what we're going to be talking about on February 9th. February 9th, it's coming up. And, you know, I love that, you know, that's one of the things I love about Rotary, right? You get to hear these great speakers and the fact that you found inspiration from that speaker was like, wow, we have to broaden his audience. And how do we implement that in the world of business and specifically here in Wichita. And I believe uh, you just wrote um, some type of uh, an article or a mm-hmm. blog and you talked about this a little bit and you talked about soup, yeah. which it's almost lunch, so I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> talk to us a little bit about the soup concept. Yeah. Yeah. You guys had uh, Brandon Gady on uh, the podcast and mm-hmm. he's one of my dear friends and him and I are always talking about like analogies and metaphors, you know, and, and we're always kicking them back and forth and joking around. And I think that soup's a pretty good one, Brandon, if you're listening, uh, for (laughs) political and civic discourse. Because I think you need a lot of different ingredients. You know, I don't want soup that just has like one ingredient. Right. (laughs) That's not soup. It's just... It's just water with something in it. Um, (laughs) Nice. And I think that that the, the way the flavors interact together, the way that the right amount of time and heat and pressure Mm -hmm. create something that didn't exist before, you know? And I think that's innovation, that's business, is that something wasn't and then it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the power of conversation. And what I said earlier about this this narrative about one small step is, is not about agreeing more, quite the contrary. It's about disagreeing more but disagreeing better, disagreeing mm-hmm. in a way that we can uh, really learn from one another. That's all I was trying to say in the op-ed was, was that let's remember what this is about. This is about innovation. And uh, when, when we as a collective culture can celebrate the diverse ingredients that go in the soup, the soup's going to get better. And so it's not about, you know, less arguments, about more arguments. You know, it's not about less voices, about more voices. So we need more voices Voices having more arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean arguments and how Ebony and I learned it in, in our debate days, like mm-hmm. a structured idea that has a premise and it, you know, it has evidence, you know, and I know evidence. that's- a, Right, what? what's that? It's <laughs> that, a lost art, but let's bring it back. Sure is. Yeah. You got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, we, we've only been in this a few minutes and you got a lot going on. So how do you balance all that? Yeah. Work, family- how you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that uh, it's something I've been working on pretty vigorously the last five years is balance. And I think saying no, as much as I'm saying yes to some things, I'm saying no to a lot also. Mm. Good. And I think to all those listeners out there, I just encourage you to say no to something today. 
You know, I think if you can say no to the right things, then you can say yes to the right things. Don, no. <laughs> wow. Um, well, even, I thought that'd be exhibit e- A. Yeah. E- <laughs> even the chamber, like I was, re- I was early on involved in the, I was the PAC president for a long time and mm-hmm. here at the chamber. And I worked up through the government relations ranks. I was involved, I think it was the year 2018, I called the year of no. And I was really working on balance um, in my life. And I was on about 10 different uh, boards of different kinds. And I started slowly uh, stepping down. And this year, 2022, I'm on really two or three. Yep. Um, And and that's been a very deliberate decision Mm -hmm. between my wife and I. And so, Kate, if you're listening, thank you. And I think that's the other part is that, you know, she said something one time to me. She said, do you know why gold is valuable? And I said, well, and I was like, uh. <laughs> she said, because it's rare, mm-hmm. nice. you know? And so I think saying no can make you a little bit more rare and that's okay. Uh, you're not going to miss out, you know, whatever, you know, God has for you, you know, whatever is meant to be, you know, you'll find it. And if I wouldn't have said no, I wouldn't have been in a position to say yes to the chamber, honestly. Right. You know, uh, by the time that I was asked to be in this role, you know, three years ago, two and a half years ago, I was on a path of saying no. And then part of that also is in creating a criteria for why you say yes. So for me, that criteria has to do with, does this help with the transformation of people's lives? Mm-hmm. Like, is this going to perpetuate the status quo or is this going to be transformative? Yeah. And if it's not going to be transformative, then I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll immediately say no. Just one last question before I uh, give it back to E. Do you try to separate your personal brand from your business brand that's and a, your community brand? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the integration, having living an integrated life is something that has been part of that process. And not really. I, I don't try to separate them. I think that there's a great book uh, called Visions of Vocation by a gentleman named Stephen Garber uh, that talks about, that I read a few years ago. And it, it, it really helped me think about the faith Damon the chamber daemon, the business daemon, the family daemon. And I I came to the conclusion that it's just daemon. Yeah. You know, I, I think that for me to walk in to any room I'm in and be authentic um, and just be myself is something that I work really hard on. And we all know that's hard. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to, it to be consistent in that and, and, and also appropriate. You know, each room is a little bit different. So you Correct. have to be appropriate. But I think... To answer your question, no, I, I actually strive for the opposite. I'm striving to have them be very integrated. I love that. Excellent. That should be the name of your book, Just Damon. Just Damon. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tight. Yeah, I like it. So, Damon, as we begin to wrap up, I am really curious where you draw your inspiration from. You know, what are some of the resources other than this podcast, obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, and tools that you listen to to inspire you? Um, and what, what leaders do you look to? Too. On like a national, kind of international, like famous people, if you will. Arthur Brooks is somebody that I consume a lot of. He does a lot of work on uh, the art of happiness and what happiness is and isn't. Teaches happiness at Harvard Business School, and I love I love his work. Stephen Garber, who I already mentioned, is a great resource. I love Bob Goff. Uh, he has a podcast called Dream Big, which is really inspirational to me. I like Brene Brown. Mm, Um, I love the argument around the power of vulnerability, and I think it's really transformative. Locally, there's a lot of leaders in my faith journey that are that generation 
or two older than me that I love to spend time with. You know, an example of that would be like Don Davis over mm -hmm. at the Urban Ministry Institute. You know, mm -hmm. if I can spend 30 minutes to an hour with Don and just be with each other and and uh, pray together, it's just, it, it, it fills my tank, you know, and it gives me the energy I need. Wow. Uh, Pete Oaks is like that. You know, I don't, the, if, if you get 30 minutes with Pete, you just are inspired. Mm -hmm. You know, and someone who, who really inspires me, you know, I just ended my 12-year tenure at Mahaney. Leaders like Mark Bolt, who owned Mahaney, are so inspirational. You know, the quiet leaders. Yeah. Mark and I were a great team because I was the microphone, you know, and mm -hmm. he was the he was the one that was the capital behind it. And he was the one that was just had that work ethic. But those right. those people are just coming in day in and day out. You know, I said, I didn't want to take risks on, you know, Mark bought Mahaney when he was 30 years old, you know, 125 year old business, had worked for it for, for several years, mm -hmm. saved his pennies with his wife and, and bought it when he's 30, you know, and now he's doing all the things that Mahaney's doing. And, and, you know, Mark's not alone. You know, there's dozens and dozens of stories about right. people like that. So I love the small business community for that reason. You get to hear so many cool stories about people taking risks and just going for it. Mm -hmm. And it's inspiring. Yeah, I agree. Very last question that I have for you. What can we as a Wichita community do for the chamber? And how can we help you in your upcoming year of service? So I think two things. Uh, one would be engage in the programming. You know, the programming is only a shell. You know, mm -hmm. it's only as good as the people who interact with it. You know, so when you see uh, the chair's lunch, for example, or you see new leadership program or a leadership cohort uh, that Angie's working on, or, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, it, the breakfast or whatever it might be, you know, engage, you know, yeah. you're only gonna get out of it what you put into it, you know? And if you're waiting for the chamber to buy osmosis, do some things, you know, <laughs> it, it's just, I mean, don't be wrong, that does happen with things like what Andrew's working on with advocacy, like, we're working on your behalf, whether you do anything or not as a member, but you're going to get way more out of it if you'll engage. And that helps the chamber because your voice, you know, is part of the story now. Your network is part of the network, you know, so engaging is the main thing that I think people can do. Then the other thing I would say is celebrate. I mean, we have to celebrate each other. We yeah. have to celebrate uh, our businesses. We have to celebrate the network and the membership of the chamber, you know, display your chamber stickers proudly and, and you know, take selfies with them and promote I Love Wichita. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you shop at a local business, you know, post it on social media and just that, just that celebration. You know, I, I would love it. When I think about trust and transform, I would love to just hear way more stories about how people use their business platform to transform themselves, their families, their employees. You know, let's tell those stories. Because when we, it, it inspires all of us, you know, so, so engage in the programming. The chamber staff works hard to develop programming that we hope is relevant and helpful, but it will only be as good as the people who engage in it, mm -hmm. you know, and then let's celebrate. Let's celebrate our stories. One last plug for the chamber chairs lunch, February 9th. I believe that's a Wednesday. And is it going to be at Interest Bank Arena? Yes, it is. Excellent. Okay, make sure you attend. I'll be there, so that's... So will I. Okay, that's two reasons yeah. why you should <laughs> yeah, be there. boom. Okay. Now is the time you've dealt with Ebony yeah. way longer than you're supposed to, but that's okay. We're going to do a word association. I'll give you one word. You give me one word back. It's not wrong because it's your word. Got it. Here we go. Leader. Love. College. Shocks. Okay. Entrepreneur. 
dreamer. Failure. Necessary. Hero. Jesus. Excellent. Vacation. Mountains. Wichita. Next level. The chamber. Convener. Family. Love. Fun. Basketball. Last but not least, and you got to tell the truth. Not that you don't, but just I got to <laughs> put that disclaimer out there. Beverage. Uh, let's go with uh, Maker's Manhattan on the Rocks. Boom. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. That That's sounds true. quite delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, my man. Good to see you. Yep. Thank you. Damon, as always, it has been quite lovely having the conversation with you. Thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you for sharing your um I guess you're you're willing. Thank you for being willing to give back to the community in so many different ways. We appreciate it, and you make our community better. Thank you. You're welcome. Wonderful. Well, friends, we are at the end of this segment. So, if you found value in today's segment, please share it with someone that you think would like it. Like us, share us, love us. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.